Hey guys, welcome back to another week, our fourth fucking episode of The Unsettled Podcast with Jesse and Billy. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about bad habits. Bad habits, yeah. But before we get into the bad habits, because that just feels like it's going to be extremely heavy. And I just want to say to our listeners, I really, really hope that you guys got something from last week's episode, because that was us being completely transparent and completely vulnerable and just sharing and, you know, the human experience that we all get to live through. But how are, how are we feeling this week, Jesse? Stressed and disappointed. Ouch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, those are okay. Really okay. Um, stressed and excited. Excited in a good way, not a bad way. That's good. And yourself? That's good for the excitement. Um, well, as I already told you, like earlier this week, I was in a weird funk. Mm-hmm. but just the other day just yesterday actually I got to talk to almost every single one of my family members within the same day like I spent the majority of the day talking on the phone with my family and it was just so rejuvenating and so I don't know like I just felt so connected to myself mm-hmm. and I think the order you get that's something that it's some it's something that becomes more prized and more cherished when you can just like identify like oh I need these people and being able to connect with all of them I mean especially since like my parents are divorced and my sisters and everything just everyone lives there somewhere different from me um no one is doing the same thing so it's just nice to just be able to talk to my dad and talk to my mom and my stepdad and talk to my sister within you know within the same day because that just doesn't happen it's hard enough to get our family together but I I just felt rejuvenated after that week of just being in a weird funk and like I had told you earlier in the week I wasn't sad it was just just I was unsure and I didn't feel necessarily motivated or inspired for something in particular but I feel good and recharged now. That's really good. And I know that I get that from my quote unquote family as well. They're the family yeah. that I chose for myself. You you definitely are like my chosen family too, for sure. Cause I have called you in the biggest fits of rage and the most disheartening moments of my entire life. And I was like, Jesse, I just need, <laughs> Jesse, I just need you to. I'm going through this right now. Can you just listen to me? And like, mm-hmm. you just do that. Same. I mean, you know, I've had my moments and I know that even if we haven't talked in months, which is so weird to think about now that we're talking every week for the past four weeks. Yeah. But, um, you know, even in times where we weren't talking regularly, I'd call you and without hesitation, you would pick up. Yeah. That's how because well, of- it excites me to see like what does Jesse need? Is she good? 
is she just checking in? Because I'm like, also like, I feel like that's something that's cool with our friendship. It could be like, we haven't talked in three months and you're just checking in, or it could be you're calling because you're upset or you just want to share good news. So it's just like, whatever it is, I want to be there for you for, but it's like, I don't ever know what it is, but I'm like, I'm going to be there to respond because I'm like, I know that's my friend. You know, I know that's somebody that got, I know that's my family because I know that you really, really got me. And I think that's kind of like what separates some people that, you know, go months or however long without talking and then come back together and they feel like the other person is just using them is that they don't have that communication or it is just a usage situation. And I don't feel that way with our friendship which is why I do consider you part of my family. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. That's really Remember good. guys, this is us blowing smoke up each other's blowing asses. The fucking- <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also learning because I'm like, I don't feel like we ever had a conversation about us being family, considered family to each other. No, I feel like we, we know where we stand in each other's lives. And it's like me calling you my reflection and you saying like the twin flame thing. But I definitely don't think, yeah, we haven't talked about us just being like, you're my family. And so it just, you know, nice to be able to verbalize that and articulate that in in real life. Because that is how I feel. That's cute. That was a cute little moment. I love that. And I love that I'm able to have those people in my life because, uh, okay. Growing up, I didn't really have friends. <laughs> Being older, I don't really have a lot of friends, but right. the ones I do have. And let me just say this. She a bad bitch. That's why. Period. Capricorn. Mm. <laughs> don't mess with a Capricorn woman. I'm just going to say that. There's a lot of people I know, only a few friends. And those friends are ride or dies, so... Not to be like hip or anything, but seriously, like if my friends won't go to their definition of the end the way that I would, Mm -hmm. we're not on the same playing field. Right. Social penetration theory, but that just you know that's my calm brain sorry just had to say it it was like there at the forefront of my mind why you gotta talk about penetration on the podcast social penetration theory ma'am okay i love communication as i feel like i talk about every fucking episode (laughs) because i really just enjoy it a lot but no i feel you exactly there but I'm excited for you. I'm excited for this journey. That's that's why I'm gonna be here the entire time. And when you move in, I cannot wait. Hell yeah. Get settled. Get settled. Oh my gosh. Does that mean she's leaving a podcast? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I'm settled in my living environment, not my way of thinking and not the podcast. I like the way you said that, your way of thinking, because Sam. I think one of the main reasons why I'm quote unquote unsettled 
is because I'm always, I'm always striving to do better, whether it's in my personal life, my professional life, what have you. I mean, there's certain things where it's like this position, this place is where I'm meant to be. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, for instance, a salary. Why wouldn't you want to try and find something better? You know? Right. Yeah. And things like that, I just, I don't settle for. I mean, I used to when I was younger, but now that I understand that, you know, it's it money is a tool and my job is what everybody else has. Use it to my advantage. Absolutely. But before we get deep. Song of the week. Song of the week. <laughs> song of the week. All right, Bills, you go first. I feel like it's always so tough because it's yeah. like I really have to find my anthem, but. I put on this song today, which I have not heard in quite some time. And it, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard it in, I don't know how long it's been, but that song just used to be something so meaningful during a big time of my life. And that's Pink and White by Frank Ocean. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I know we all have that feeling listening to it, but it's just like, you know. That song did really mean a lot to me at a very pivotal moment in my life and just helped me in such tremendous ways. But yeah, I heard it today and I just felt such peace. I feel like that's what I feel when I listen to Pink and White. It's just like peace and calm and clarity. And I think the clarity is like the biggest thing. It's just like, I can just be, I can be present. So that is my song of the week. I love that. And I love that song. So coincidentally, you had mentioned a song that you haven't heard in a while that you listened to today. And I had actually been on Live Nation looking uh-huh. for tickets in my soon-to-be area. And uh-huh. I found tickets for City in Color. Oh, I love, 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 love City in Color. Period. But I haven't listened to them in a while. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to them earlier today and I was like, why? Why has it been so long? Yeah. So my song is actually from their newest album and it's called Lay Me Down by City and Color. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Have not heard. I love Very excited. their music. But I feel like we're on this music nostalgia thing and you said lay me down and I was like literally playing old Sam Smith today too. Ooh, same kind of vibe, like indie vibes, Mm -hmm. but to me, City and Color, it's got more soul to it. Mm -hmm. The lyrics, the way that it's sung, the music, so much soul to it yeah especially in this recent album and their early releases oh i'm excited for you to see that show 
Thank you. Me too. I'm, no, I'm very excited because I didn't grow up like, I don't know. It's weird that I'm an artist and yet I really haven't ever been to a concert. So the funny thing is, is that I've never been to another concert except for theirs. It's fitting in that case. It's very fitting. I, can I saw it. them in 2017 and I was like starstruck. And when I saw the tickets, I was just like, I don't know how much money I have in my bank account, but I'm buying them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. LMAO. I feel that. That's the, But that's the energy you need because what is money? A tool. A tool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I didn't grow up, you know, going to concerts and anything like that. And it's just weird that I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what would have made me want to do that? And it's like, don't get me wrong. I've seen performers and I've seen musical acts, but I haven't been to a concert. I feel like a lot of the artists that I listen to don't even tour anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would so- agree with that because I know who you are. I know your soul, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. So, this week we are talking about bad habits, as she said. The bane of us all. Yeah. And so, I had a thought, um, I want to say last week. So, I believe it was last week that I... I don't know what jogged me into thinking about bad habits. But I was sitting down at dinner having a conversation with my roommate about something. And, oh, I know what it was. We were just talking about our growth. As we often do, we often sit down and we reflect about, you know, our journeys. And me and my roommate, we've gone through our own individual journeys, but kind of together because we've always been able to check in with each other and and have an open communication about this is where I'm at Mm -hmm. and this is where I'm trying to get. These are the things I feel like I need to work on and it's a mutual respect about, you know, just those boundaries and about supporting each other in that way. And so we were having you know, some conversation about that. And I made a note in my phone that reads, having bad habits is a defense to trauma. And that just kind of all I had wrote because I don't know, we were just in the middle of a conversation, but it was just like, for me, I want to say we probably were talking about relationships with just anyone in general. And I was just talking about or realizing, I guess, in the midst of that conversation, um, just being able to identify what is wrong. I think that was that conversation. We were trying to identify like, oh, I wish, you know, I would have known this earlier or I wish I would have been able to see it. But I'm like, you don't realize, that was my thought process is you don't realize what the issue really is because this is what you've known Mm -hmm. from having to survive whatever trauma that you've been through. Yeah. 
And I so think... I, feel, I, I feel like you just cultivate all these, these habits, you know, just in a natural response. Yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, they have to come out, they have to come to fruition out of something. And I mean, I don't think it's a linear relationship. Some things are, you know, like you just, that's your go-to. Right. But I mean, I know for me, it's more so of a manifestation out of the the feelings that come out of it not directly related to the trauma itself so for instance i chew on the inside of my lip a lot mm-hmm. like some people finger pick Um, Some people like shake their legs a lot and those are actually manifestations of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But from me, I, I mean, I would characterize my lip biting as a bad habit, Mm -hmm. but which trauma it manifested out of isn't clear. I think it's more so it's um general manifestation yeah out of i mean anxiety comes from somewhere right so i think it's more of a cultivation of all of the traumas prior right well and i know for especially that specific conversation we were talking just more about like because you were talking about physical physical Mm -hmm. habits and that wasn't a conversation of physical habits although I don't discount that at all because I completely agree and I completely understand because I remember um there was a time I want to say in high school where I noticed I just would shake my legs so badly to shake the feeling and I noticed it was like at night and I was just trying to sleep trying to fall asleep and I would just shake And I was shaking so hard, just this one leg to try to let go of that feeling as if I could literally shake off that feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I do understand what you're talking about when you have that anxiety and it just like, it it cultivates from all of it, from all the experiences. But that specific conversation was definitely rooted in you developing these coping mechanisms as a like um as a part of your personality almost those quote unquote toxic traits that people can point out or your flaws that people can point out and be like well you do this and you do that and they don't understand why and then you grow out of that and then later realize like hmm I don't know why I thought I was fine doing that And I think that was kind of the root of that conversation. It's like, well, you can't really identify the issue because you were just trying to survive and trying to escape Mm -hmm. whatever you had to live through and whatever that habit or trait or whatever it was that you were, you know, learning and doing to survive allowed you to escape from and allowed you freedom from. 
And I think for me, I definitely identify with a lot of, you know, that a lot of having that mentality of, well, this is just how I am because this has got me, this is what has gotten me the furthest. Yeah. But I think the hardest thing is realizing just because it got you so far doesn't mean it will get you further. Yeah, I agree with that. I know that as far as, you know, characteristic traits that were adopted out of trauma, Mm -hmm. for me, a big one was anger. Mm. I was always angry, always angry, but I used it as fuel. It was Mm. my motivator. It gave me energy and energy in the sense that nothing could stand in my way right but not in a constructive way mm-hmm. in a dis- in a destructive way yeah and i mean i'm not going to get into the whole dissection of it but right it definitely became a bad habit like i'd wake up angry yeah i'd go to bed angry yeah and I feel like even at the time that I met you, you still had a lot of that anger within you. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I, I definitely felt like I could resonate to a large degree with that. But also I could see past it because of my own trauma and my own habits that I had developed from the trauma. Yeah. Um, that, that included like pushing people away mm-hmm. and... And that's why I say that because I'm like, I, I, I could see you wanted to push people away, but I'm like, I'm the, per- I, I'm the last person you could push away. Quite honestly, you just couldn't do it. Well, yeah. You sat beside me in class every fucking day. Truth. but <laughs> Also, I mean, what I talked about, you know, and maybe the first or second episode was just like, I am always going to be that person that's like, I'm going to get them to open up to me. They're going to be my best friend. And that, I'm, I promise you, that hasn't escaped me, just that I've tried to, or I've mastered the art of letting go yeah. a lot more. And because I'm like, when you concern yourself, that just ain't got time and ain't got energy to waste on that when I want to work on my healing. Mm-hmm. And that was the turning point in my anger, which is why am I still holding on to this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got we got here but what's what's to come out of this speak on it like i knew that the part of the trait of my anger was pushing people away Mm -hmm. and i asked myself and i think bad habits they always start to end with realization Mm -hmm. and analyzing it you yeah. can't you can't really start the process until you see it. I think to to add on to that, I think it it starts that realization process starts when you understand my trauma is my defense or my survival mechanisms from escaping this trauma or from dealing with this old trauma is now creating a new trauma for someone else. Yeah, 
Ooh. And I'm like, it doesn't Ooh. always start, but I'm like, that's what it is. That's truly what it is. And I can even look at like old relationships I've been in and be like, I've had all these toxic traits and all these bad habits that I've been carrying around for so long. And I have not just looked in the face and now I'm realizing, oh, this is a real issue. This is something that will affect someone else forever. Yep. And I'm like, the best I can do is stop it now and say, I do not want this to affect someone because of what I've been through. Yeah. And back then I didn't have that realization. It was more so I want people in my life, you know, people pushed me away. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that to other people? Mm-hmm. It, so that, that was a direct relationship to my trauma. Yeah. But as far as the anger manifesting out of it, I, I had to, I had to cut it off because mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. And I knew that with that bad habit, I wasn't going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Here's a question for you. Listen, do you think bad habits are only something that people with addictive personalities have? Well, that, okay. No, because I don't like, because I don't feel like I have an addictive personality. I feel like I have an obsessive personality. (laughs) Okay. I see that as different for me. And I see that as different from an OCD perspective because I'm like, I I feel like addiction and obsession are completely different. I do because I feel like addiction is a relationship Mm. with a thing for me. Now, That's the way I process it is that that addiction is a relationship between you and, and a thing. Now I challenge that because you mentioned obsession. Are you addicted to the satisfaction that obsession gives you? No, obsession doesn't give me satisfaction, but that's why I say they're different. Okay. Because, because some obs- people, they have, they have some sort of end that they meet with obsession. And right. maybe that's, that's what I'm saying. I can challenge it because I'm saying that from an OCD perspective, because I'm like, a lot of people don't even understand like what OCD is. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, obviously we all know, we all hear people think it's organization and it's categorizing and it's all of that. And I'm like, but people are missing the important part of that, which is obsession. Yeah. Obsession, meaning you can't free your mind. That is not an addiction because you don't actually have a relationship. The obsession is you can't control that. You literally can't control that unless you do whatever is plaguing your mind versus addiction feeling. I feel like that really is a a formed relationship of I'm having this and I'm using this because I don't want to escape this relationship. Addiction to me is almost the way I see it is like closely resembling like codependency. Okay. Yeah. Versus obsession is not a codependent relationship. 
because you don't depend on obsession for anything. Obsession is just there. That's correct. Like I respect that approach. That thing. So that's why I say I think they're different. So I don't think that everyone um, with addiction, ex- I don't even know, have, what did you say about bad habits? That, that relationship between addiction and bad habits. The answer that, to that question was no. Okay. The question was, do you think that people with bad habits, somewhere along the lines of, do you think that they have addictive personalities? Mm. I won't say, for me, I can't say yes. I feel like me being a person with an obsessive personality, I would say, for myself, yes. And I know why, because I'm like, I know the obsessiveness, the obsessive personality that I have, it just ugly. It's, it's <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> and put no, it plainly. No, 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 I get it that. Just, it feels unhealthy, but it's like, it took me a long time to realize like, oh, you do have kind of a, an obsessive personality. And I didn't realize until I would look back and see my patterns. And I was like, I have a pattern of behavior of just like finding something to claw into mm-hmm. because I'm like, the addiction is really, it's not addiction. Cause it's like, there's not a strong enough relationship between me and a thing. It's just that I'm always going to have something to claw into, to, to nag at me in a sense, mm-hmm. because I'm always looking for something to cope and deal, but I'm like, not in an addictive way, if that makes sense. I think the reason why I wouldn't associate as an addictive personality, now that I'm like thoroughly thinking about it, Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would associate with an addictive personality because when something isn't meeting my needs anymore, that part, I'm done. Yes. Whereas, I I understand that completely. An obsessive, I don't. I don't know about that either. I do know that, you know, we had talked about this last week on the podcast, which is um, change what you can, accept what you can't. Yeah. And even in daily practice, it's easier to say that than it is to actually act on it. Oh, absolutely. Because there's things where it's like, I cannot actively do anything about this right now but I will not stop thinking about it. Yeah. That's the shit that keeps me up at night. And I'm saying, but that's the, for me, that's how I started to realize some of my obsessions. And it's not to say that everything that I think about all the time, it is, it is the obsession because I'm like, that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. That can just be anxiety. That can just be worries. That can just be stress. But I'm like, that is also like something that I realize. I'm like, I cannot separate myself from these thoughts that are constantly happening. And I'm like, the obsession is this one thing. I mean, I understand psychology. I understand the psychology to a small degree because I've- Mr. Harper, shout out to you. (laughs) I've had to, you know, learn a little bit about that. And I'm like- internal locus versus external locus which is 
basically saying, I don't know if, I think it's Locust with an S. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, feel free to shoot a message or whatever. I don't know how you say it. But either way, internal Locust is where you feel like everything you do has a direct relationship or consequence for the next thing. Versus external means everything else that happens, you don't have control over, right? And that was one of the first like things I remember taking psychology and being like, oh, I don't really know which one I feel. And I was like, I knew at that time, I was like, I would like to think that I can control everything. But I'm like, at the same time, I know that I can't. Mm -hmm. But that was my freshman year of college when I took that course before I even realized I had anxiety, before I even started questioning my OCD tendencies and everything like that. That first one, though. That got mm-hmm. me. God. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, so much shit has happened. And from an early age when it was happening, I would often ask myself, like, did I do something wrong to make this happen? Yeah. But. And I, but. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. 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 I think part of that came out of my religious upbringing. Mm. But can I say this? Because I do not knock any of that, but I'm like, at the end of the day, that is trauma. Because something in that religion was teaching you. I don't know, because it's, it's reminding me of something and I can't even figure out what I'm trying to pull from. But there is an aspect to where you felt unsafe where you felt like you could not just be you cannot just exist and you had to do something or challenge your way of thinking or challenge your way of being in order to fit a mold in order to be something that's whatever else was dictating and I'm not saying that I don't know it's hard because it's like to some degree, that does feel like what religion is, but that is a whole nother conversation. Ooh, ooh, you ooh. know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, we can go there because you know I'm gonna go there with religion. I'll talk religion with you Ooh-hoo. any and every time. But at the end of the day, it's like I understand exactly what you're saying when you're when you say you remember asking yourself when you were a child, did I do something wrong? I remember when I was a kid. I'll be riding the the bus home from school and I would sing a song in my head in order to stop myself from dealing with a certain trauma. And if I didn't, I made up a song and it's funny because I can still remember it to this day. And it was so silly, but I actually had a couple of them. And I would just, you know, sing these little tunes in my head and like really contemplate and focus on them. And if Mm -hmm. I sang them, I felt like I can control if I had to deal with the trauma or not. And obviously I didn't want to. And so the days I didn't sing it, I knew I was like, fuck, this is my fault. I was like, because I didn't do it today. And obviously like as a kid, like, I know you're, you were just as intelligent and just as intentional as I was. I would be manipulative to see, like, is this me? 
and I felt like it was. Yeah. I felt like it was like I didn't do something right. And I knew, ooh, I didn't sing this song in my head. Do you think there's a God complex there? I don't think there's a God complex at all because I don't want control. That's the thing. That I do not want control. Yeah. <sighs> but it's just like, I don't want control. But when it's like, I feel like I did something wrong, I punish myself. Yep. And so I'm like, there may be a God complex in that manner because I'm like, and that's not to say like, oh, I don't do, or I don't think of myself highly or anything, but it's, I know the reality is I don't think I'm, I just don't think I'm hot shit like that. That's just yeah. not who I am. And I don't think everything is about me and I don't want everything to be about me. But I'm like, at the same time, it's like, if I feel like I felt myself, because I didn't do the things I needed to do in order to prevent this situation that realistically, most people will be like, you don't have control over, but it's like, it's hard to escape that feeling, especially as a, you know, a kid. And that's yeah. what, that's where I learned how to punish myself. That's where I created some of the bad habits that I've lived with for years and years and years, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And probably the same girls for you. Yeah. When I was growing up, I felt like if I didn't pray, something bad was going to happen. And I think that translates it's into my relationship with God now and my anger in my early adulthood, which is I did everything that I possibly could. I did my best. Yeah. Why? I think though, it's funny that you say prayer because I'm like, my songs were essentially me praying. Yeah. It was, it was the same idea because I was singing them trying so hard to believe. And so it was like that same notion, but I hear you. It was like um, a safety precaution. If I do this, I'll be okay. You know, he's listening to me. If he wants me to be okay, he will make it okay. And that was, I mean, there wasn't ever a direct relationship, but I, I was raised to believe that if I didn't, then I wasn't. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I did not think this would be gearing us up for a religion conversation and that's so funny that that happened naturally and you know what's even funnier hmm. I never pray before we do a podcast I pray every day I pray every night um I pray when I wake up and I pray before I go to bed and I'm like I pray hard because I'm like that's just something that I've relearned how to do for myself yeah and re it just helps me make sure that I know that everything is not about me and that, that that's just why I do it but anyway um I prayed before today's podcast and it's so funny that religion comes up it's just funny to me that's all I'm saying is it's funny to me that religion comes up because I was like I just want to get to something yeah especially after coming off of last week's because I felt like last week's podcast was so powerful and was so, you know, I mean, we felt it. 
mm-hmm. it, it really felt like we were in the same room, quite honestly. It, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, oh my God. I mean, we had to d- decompress for a good hour and a half after that podcast because that was madness. So I just think it's it's interesting because I was just praying really hard and I was just hoping that we could just, you know, speak today and have something to bring. And I just think it's funny that, you know, religion got brought up because I'm like, it's interesting because we do have those conversations a lot about religion and spirituality, both. And that's natural for our relationship. Now, here's a challenging thought, another challenging thought, I should say. Yeah. Do you think in some aspect that religion can be a bad habit? Mm -hmm. Practicing a religion can be a bad habit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like religion is formed out of bad habits. I feel like religion itself can be a precaution. To be quite frank, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because I'm like, I, I've had to have, because I guess we're just going to go ahead and jump to religion now because I'm like, it's hard. It's hard to have these conversations, especially about like things that we both experience. And I'm like, you know, I've never shared with you, like, you know, me having these songs and you've never shared with me about the prayer, prayers that you felt like you had to do as a kid. What I was going to say was I grew up Christian. I grew up Baptist. I've gone to non-denominational churches. I've gone to churches of God in Christ, all all of the branch of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I am a child of a preacher's kid Um, on my dad's side. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother was an evangelist and pastor. Um, And my grandmother on my mom's side was... um, a part of the Christians Women's Auxiliary of her church. She's a she was a president of that. Um, and she, you know, when she passed away, she had a 25-year plaque. And I didn't even know that was, you know, her legacy, but I just know for bro- both sides of my family, I grew up in a church. Yeah. Um, and that's just very big in my family. But there was some time in my life where especially me particular, because I have, you know, older siblings, I have a sibling that's seven years, I have a sibling that's 11 years older than me. And we all grew up in the same household. And they did not have the experience that I had. I was the one who was churched the least. Because there were certain periods of my life, like I grew up in the church, and we would go back to church, but there was extended periods where my parents did not go to church while they were together. And, you know, we fell back in and went and went to different churches. So I feel like I got the, probably the most variety, if I'm being honest, because it was like, there was nothing that was just super consistent when it came to me going to church. Um, We would go to this church for a year, this church for a year, this church for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So having that understanding of, what this faith meant, but also understanding, like, I've been to all these places and, you know, understanding what my parents felt about these different churches. And I'm not going to even sugarcoat that. There were issues that my parents had had about going to these different churches. They didn't like certain practices and certain things that were taught. And I'm like, 
that's allowed, quite frankly. And honestly, I'm appreciative of that, of my parents expressing like, I don't like this and I'm like that. Because it's better than talking behind the, you know, pastor, deacon, bishops back, but still going to that church. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like that was a value that's like, well, if you don't like it, why would you be there? But I was happy. I think that was the biggest thing for me with religion is learning. Um, challenge. It's okay to challenge your understanding of what you feel like is being asked of you in your spirituality as practice by religion. And so that led me to this journey of, you know, being out of the church for several years. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been several years, but it's really allowed me to not only like understand my spirituality and go on this journey, but like also connect with what that relationship between spirituality and religion is. And I've recently, like this year, have had conversations with my mom where I felt able to express, hey, this is, you know, this is my problem with religion. And it's like, I feel like I just don't see enough of this because the way a lot of people have made it seem is this other thing when it's like, I've stopped going to church and I realized like for me, this is what spirituality means to me. And this is what religion should do for my spirituality. Mm -hmm. I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot. Yeah. But But it's, I, I reflect it. If nothing else, it helps me understand you better. Because as far as I know, we haven't really dug into each other's religion. Not that far back. I mean, like I've told you about my experience, you know, like with feeling like, oh, I need to pray and feeling like, oh, I'm at this point in my life where I feel like I need to do this because it's like I do not have a problem with stating this is where I am as far as finding my religion or my spirituality and finding my relationship with religion again. I never have a problem disclosing that. And also disclosing like what things I question and where I question. Um, but yeah, I've never been able to just, I won't say been able, cause that sounds terrible. I have been able, but it just never been a moment where we've just. Hey, let's talk about religion. Yeah. yeah. Well, my juicy bits about it, so. I, as an Italian, naturally grew up in a Roman Catholic household. And then when we came to Texas, uh, Roman Catholic at birth, baptized as a child, came to Texas, became Christian, you know, relied on prayer and my Bible heavily heavily and you know if something went wrong 
within five minutes, I was praying for God to make it better. And my relationship with God became extremely complicated when um, I was in my early teens. Mm-hmm. And there was a day in particular where I had opened my Bible and on the front page was written in red marker, find a new religion. Wow. And I knew what my mom's handwriting looked like. And I knew that I didn't have people over very often. Nonetheless, that knew where my Bible were. And when I confronted her about it, she, she denied it. And, um, so let me ask you a question. Was that when you were practicing and converted to Christianity, apart from Roman being Roman Catholic? No. So this was after I had already converted. That's what I'm saying. She, she did not convert. She actually dropped religion altogether. Yeah. She went the science route. Uh, but, right. um, or atheist, whatever you want to call it. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. And I confronted her about it and I was like, hey, did, did you write this in my Bible? Because I know that you may not care anymore, but I do. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, something that I take lightly and she denied it and she denied it and you know it's just one of those things where it's like it sticks with you because I know for me religion through those moments was all that I had yeah it felt like someone spitting in my face so um I mean especially as a child but it's Go ahead. It it just, it really broke my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And it was already kind of rough because I, mean, I was, but- I, I was getting older and I didn't exactly understand like, here's this man who created everything, but he's letting all of this shit happen to me. Like, why? What did I do? How can I make it right? Give me answers, please. And I wasn't getting any. And instead I got that. <laughs> so I'm no longer a Christian. I'm no longer Catholic. Um, I, I do have a strong sense of spirituality still though. Um, yeah. I, and I would say that's the thing because it's like for y'all listening, it, I've always respected our relationship when it comes to our individual beliefs I mean no matter what they are but it's like I've always been able to approach you about my religious views my journey with spirituality and feel like it's being respected and not feel like you need to or you're trying to shut me down or encourage me to do something else or or anything 
And that's something that I, I truly value and truly appreciate because I'm like, that's something that I felt, I feel like I wish I could get and a lot more people to put it. And, um, you know, it's, it's still an ongoing battle. You know, there's times where I'm like, what if, what if, you know, judgment day or my day has come and I fucked up, you know, yeah, I, I, I walked away. I fucked up, but, um, Oh, don't break my heart like this because no, man, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I devoted so much of my life to it and coming out the other side and looking at it and wondering why was I so wound up in it? Is it just because I was born into it? But like talking about religion now, it, it, it makes my voice shake, you know, like it's, it, yeah. it's not something that's easily spoken about, you know, the, religion is really something that it's an intimate relationship. You know, it's not a sexual relationship as some people seem to think that intimacy means, but it's an intimate relationship. You know, you are, put your everything into your faith a lot of people put their everything into their faith so when it comes to like i don't know going to a store or just seeing somebody in public and they're like god this and god that it's like i'm glad that you have the ability to speak about him the way that you do but i don't look at it the same right And, you know, what they don't see is you're breaking my fucking heart right now. And you're bringing up a whole lot of drama. But they they don't know that. Yeah. But I also don't... I don't appreciate people putting their religion onto others. I don't either. And that's why I cherish like me being able to just speak with you freely and still being heard because I'm like, I never wanted to make it seem like, oh, I want you to practice what I practice or believe what I believe or anything. No, I, like I never, that. I never got that feeling. But it's just like, that's why I appreciate it because it's just like, you just allow me to be. And I'm like, I just want to share with you like where I'm at. And I'm like, you listen, you really do listen outside of what your relationship is with religion and what your spiritual journey looks like. You still allow me to be and allow me to reflect that journey with you. Of course. And, you know, if there was ever a time where you were like, this is where I am with my religion, I'm able to separate myself yeah in in a situation like that because you are my friend you are part of my family that i made for myself and 
you know, we have that respect for each other. Hey, are you okay with me? Like talking to you about this? Like, right. Hey, this is what I, I need to talk about. Not, you know, God loves you. Like, thanks. Right. I don't need him to. Right. And, you know, it's just, ooh, I feel like we've always had freedom with each other. And as strange as it is, that was never something that was mentioned. And I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because, and this is still something that I, I kind of struggle with, is that people are more than their religion. Oh, absolutely. And there was something you just said earlier, and this may be a challenge to it. You said religion is intimate, and for me, I just think spirituality is intimate. I think they both can be. I think that they both can be, but I feel like, just as you say money is a tool, I think religion is a tool. And that's just where my journey has led me, especially like going away from church and falling in love with my spiritual journey again and having that lead me to where it's led me to now. And it's like, I do feel like I have a strong relationship with my faith. I'll raise that to, do you believe that religion is a coping mechanism? I think um, it can be, but let me get there. Okay. All right. Because we'll, we'll come back. Oh, absolutely. Because no, because I've really taken, I've taken years. I'm not going to lie. Like I've had to identify as queer and everything. So it, it's not just a one-stop journey for me. It, it's definitely been years and years and years of reflection and of trying to understand and of living and realizing how I feel now versus how I feel with practicing a faith. And I definitely feel like um, just falling in love with this spiritual journey and finding meaning in that, it is something that, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, quite honestly, because it just reassured me in ways in my life that people can't that religion can't I love that yes and that and it's funny because it's like no one put pressure on me even both of my parents did not put pressure on me to be like you need to do this you need to do that Mm -hmm. it was something that I just went on this journey on by myself nobody around me none of my friends are going to church none of my friends try to say let's do this and let's do that yeah. It was me just falling on the journey and being like, okay, this is what's happening in my life. Let me try this. Let me evaluate what's happening. Let me evaluate what I have tried. Yeah. Let me ask questions. Let me figure things out. And I'm like asking a lot of questions and finding answers for me that allowed me to get some clarity 
and also get a lot of clarity about what wasn't working for me from when I was going to church, even from a child's perspective. Cause it's like, it's not the same things that my parents were necessarily telling me, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. I respect that. And I don't say that they were wrong. I was just a child, but it's like, I can understand at the same time that I had a foundation of belief based off of my perspective, from what I heard, from what I seen, from what I witnessed. And I had a discussion with my mom about it. And my mom doesn't force me to be like, do this, do that, any other. Um, But I had a a conversation with my mom. I remember one time when I was at work and I was on break and I just called her because that's what I like to do. I call my mom on my break and just talk. And I was telling her like, yeah, you know, I've been praying about this and considering this and, you know, just exercising my spirituality in this way. But I had said, you know, growing up with Christian, just growing up Christian, I felt like I had seen time and time and time again, people believe that they can just have a faith, practice a faith, practice a religion is what I should be saying. People felt like they can practice this religion and suddenly their problems will be solved. All they have to do is just say a prayer. And I was like, for me and my journey, I had realized, I was like, just because I want to believe in something does not mean I can stop the work and stop the process. Mm -hmm. And that was something big for me to realize based off of what I had seen and what I had heard. And so it came to a place where I was just like, if I want to say, I believe this and I have faith in this, just like when you're in a relationship, if you want to say you believe in your relationship and you have faith in your relationship, but you're not exercising, fuck. Exercising. If you're not exercising any trust, how can you say you trust in it? Or how can you say you believe in it? You have faith in it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. That is really interesting because I was like, there, there, it makes no sense for me to say, Oh, I have faith that this in my religion, or I have faith in a God and I, I believe in a God, but I am not exercising trust by saying, I'm just going to do. And I, <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to sound like I'm tr- trying to pastor or minister or preach a sermon to anybody, but this is really my process and what I was realizing for myself. Yeah, Like that just don't make no sense. And, and I'm like, I, that's why I say even in a relationship, because I'm like, that's what I had learned from a relationship is that it don't make sense to say I trust or I I have faith in my partner and I believe in my partner, but I'm not trusting in my partner because that means if my actions do not reflect that I'm trusting in you, you can't believe anything else. No matter how much I want to say, I believe and no no matter how much I want to say, I have faith in you and, and I have faith in our relationship and I believe in you and I believe in our relationship. If I am not acting on trust, none of it matters. And so that's where I had to come to a point of realization like, I had seen too much in 
religion where people was saying, I believe and I have faith, but I am not going to trust and do. And so I had a conversation with my mom and I was like, I can't just be lazy and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And I've seen too much of that. And, and she put into words what I was trying to say, which is faith is action. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the realization I came to. It's like, I can't just not do anything and just expect an outcome. Because I'm like, how am I trying to make anything better by saying, oh yeah, this is all great, but sit here because I am worried. And I feel like that goes back to that conversation of trauma because you are scared, because you are living in fear, because you're living in anxiety. You are too worried to do the next thing. That goes back to our conversation last week about standing in your own way. I don't care if you Mm -hmm. believe in religion or not. You are literally gonna stand in your own way and say, oh, this is great. However, comma, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, I believe and I hope, but not do anything. You want to stand still and just expect things to be great. You know what I'm saying? No, we're blaming everything on religion. (laughs) No, no, no. I just think that it's easy. And that's why I identify with you in a lot of ways when it comes to the relationship religion, because I had to write it off for a while in my life because it was not serving me. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot is like what serves me. When I was telling you about the last person I was dealing with, I was like, I had to come to a relationship. I mean, I had to come to a point where I realized this relationship that we are trying to forge is not serving me. Therefore Mm -hmm. I'm going to see myself out. Yeah, There is no point of dealing with this because it do not serve me. And that's why I had to just take a time away from religion and really get to a point where I was just like, what, what are my values? What do I believe? What do I think? Mm-hmm. What, what are my thoughts on this? What, without all the noise, because all, everything around me is just noise. And I, so my, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You were talking. I cut you off. Well, I was just going to say like, if there is a relationship between me and a God, let it be known Mm -hmm. that relationship will be distinguished without all the noise i don't need anyone interfering i don't need any of the interference and all of this background too so it's just like if that's real that's gonna be real exactly and And that's just that's just how i feel go ahead yeah that 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 was my that was my realization when i was walking away was I know that you are also serving other people, but for you and me, make yourself known. And that's where I stopped trusting was because my trust became a thing of, can I, the five senses, can I feel it? Like physically feel it? Can I hear it? Can I, I mean, I don't really know if I would want to taste God, but, you know, can I see it? (laughs) No, because I just like, I heard you say it, but then I was like replaying it in my head and I'm like, I don't know if I want to taste God. That is just funny. That is funny. (laughs) But yeah, like, 
my needs for what I need to be able to trust in something were not being met. Therefore, I could not trust. I understand that completely. Because also it's like when you have people, especially like being a part, having participated within that community of faith, within that Christian community, it's like you, it's common for, you know, people to say I've had visions and God showed me this and I've heard that. And especially being young, it's just like, why can't I see it? Why When's am I my here? time coming? Why am I here? And you're telling me to just trust, but yet you don't have to just trust, right? Because you yep. just see it. Yep. So it was just a lot. It's a lot. And the next thing I was going to go to was after I had to take my time off from religion and from, and when I say taking my time off from religion, I mean, stop going to church mm-hmm. and stop exercising. I was raised to pray every day. And I mean, like, let's really, really, really be real. No one has prayed every day. No, not a single person. I don't care what their faith is. I don't care how they grew up. Nobody has prayed every day, but I was raised to pray every day. But like, there were just times, but I'm like, even when you're a baby, you, you don't pray. Like stepping into your faith is like a, you can't, you, you know, you can't be an infant and be like, I'm a Christian, but the journey continues because like I said, again, I had stepped away by choice. I had made connections by choice and had realizations that I seeked myself outside of practicing a religion, just trying to be in tune with my spirituality. And just trying to be open with my spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Because I was not raised to just be so biased. I was not raised to just be so biased. And I that's one of the biggest things that I am grateful for. Is that my parents allowed me to think independently yeah and to ration and to realize and so even having them take off that pressure of like being like oh you need to do this and you need to do this when it comes to practicing whatever faith obviously christian for our family but there was none of that and so just being able to take my path and follow my journey without pressure let me to back to that realization of what I had seen exemplified in the Christian faith and understand my issues within religion mm-hmm. as far as my understanding which I will say is biased because I'm like I've only grew, grown up Christian so yeah. it's like, I, I'm not saying that about every faith because I'm just like, the reality is I don't know about any other faith outside of the one I've practiced and the one my family has practiced. So 
just a disclaimer like don't think I'm trying to say this is all faith or I know everything because I know I do not and I humble myself in that way real talk I'm not even playing but from what it sounds like you wanted to reclaim your religion if it was for me yeah because I wasn't seeking religion I was fine with just nurturing whatever relationship when I say spirituality I mean my soul with life okay that's what I think about my spirituality is the connection with my soul with life itself and where that connection meets where that alignment is and so like I I love talking spirituality Mm -hmm. um and like I said I was open and it, it led me back to the, an, an intersection with religion. But at first, it just allowed me to reestablish a faith in a thing. And after establishing that, I started practicing what I felt like will be good nutrients for that faith good nutrients for maintaining that spirituality that I was seeking. And what I personally found was religion should just be about the maintenance. For me, for my journey, I felt like, okay, I understand why people want to go to church now. I understand why people say, oh, this is necessary. No, it's not necessary because this is what you need to do for this outcome. Because I don't agree with that. I do not. Mm-hmm. But what, I'm, what I realized is this practice of religion is an effort to maintain your spirituality. I like that perspective and I never really thought about it that way well because I think especially in Christianity they don't try to teach you having your own spiritual relationship Mm -hmm. I think they try to teach it in a communal way at least from my understanding and from the churches I went to and the way I grew up but it's like even my dad has allowed me to because it's like my dad has always been someone who's researched and research and research and do his own things in his own time. And it's just like, he's gone on his own journey, but I've never, from for me, I've never seen him step away from his practice of his faith. But at the same time, he has established his own like understandings and relationships with spirituality. And I started to see that separate from religion. And that's where I was able to be like, well, you know what? I feel comfortable going on my own journey and figuring it out and so it landed me in that position where I was like I do have this spirituality it's funny because I I I see my parents as my dad being way more spiritual and my mom being way more religious Mm. okay yeah and I, I don't think that's bad I think they each have their individual needs for leaning on things. And I find myself in the middle where I'm like, I do need spirituality for myself, Mm 
But it's like, I do understand. I've come to realize for my faith, the importance of religion. And I've come full circle to a place where I'm like, now I can go back to church and not feel honestly like I'm there for any other reason outside of that you know this relation relationship that I'm trying to cultivate because yeah. I feel like sometimes it, when you go to church it feels gimmicky to be quite honest and I hate to say it like that <laughs> that that oh, 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 oh. That's I know a- that's a conversation but it's just like that was a now I feel like I'm at a relationship with my spirituality where it's like even as a 22 year old as I've mentioned before I don't have friends around me that go to church and blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. and practice whatever. But it's just like, I've did this for myself. And now I'm just like, oh, I wouldn't mind going to be around a group of people who practice, practices this faith and just practicing our faith together. So yeah, it's just, it's really interesting because I think, I don't know, I think it's just something so special about being able to take your journey, really, because I'm like, it's funny because for the longest time I've always, when I did stop going to church, I've always been like, I'm spiritual because I believe in something, Yeah, but I wanted to see where that journey took me and it it's funny because it's come back to religion, but it's just like, it's a whole nother perspective of religion that I don't care if anybody around me sees. I know why this serves me. Yeah. And I respect that. Holy shit. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like that perspective that religion is the maintenance of spirituality because when i heard maintenance my mind connected that with cars Mm -hmm. which is some people like the maintenance portion of it some Mm -hmm. people just like driving them as in like some people like working on them some people like driving them and both i find the maintenance part of driving a car as a hobby i find the driving of a car as a passion mm-hmm. and yes, that is direct your last week's episode <laughs> directly proportional to my relationship with spirituality and religion which is i I think that there's certain milestones where religion helps a lot. You know, there's certain times where you have to get that maintenance as you refer to it as. Yeah. But spirituality, um, I carry that with me everywhere, you know. And for me, spirituality is energy. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound like a hippie or anything. No, but I get you. But I genuinely believe in energy. 
humans have electricity in them, any living thing has electricity in it. And that being said, that is energy. That is literally energy. And I meditate. I, I don't meditate as often as I would like and as often as I used to. But I think I use that as my maintenance periods. Yeah, I can say that. I don't think there's a direct... Um, religion that I follow I don't know these days because I don't I don't practice religion very often like I think the last time I did I was 17 Mm -hmm. but I understand completely you know to me honestly priorities I had other shit to worry about. I already had my my mishaps with religion, but it it's a it's a tricky thing, and it can be a slippery slope. And I think there is a lot more that can be spoken about religion. So much. Oh, fucking much. Something else just came to mind, and I. Oh, it went poof. Toxic culture in religion. And when oh. I say toxic yeah. culture. No, we can't talk about that because I'm like. Baby, one of my favorite shows that I just recently finished watching is Greenleaf, which is about a mega church, a black family who owns a mega church who has all this scandal. The brother was a child molester. The pastor didn't pay all his taxes because the brother didn't do all the taxes. The mom had an affair. The dad had an affair. The mom had an affair and slept with the best friend of the pastor and had a child. Oh, my God baby yeah it's so much and that uh, show was based off of a some it's supposed to be supposedly based on a potter's house but i don't know if that's true or not good lord pg jakes and his family but i'm like yeah there's a lot of toxicity within that world but yeah we can definitely open that conversation up um i feel like because this I feel like this conversation went super, super, super personal. Yeah. And I think we can open it up to what we can all understand a lot more. But I'm like... Generals. Oh, yeah. General topics. But I'm like, I do... I don't discount them talk. We didn't even intend on talking about religion. About religion. I know. We started talking about trauma. And then... You know what? I feel like this is extremely accurate for how our conversations go, though. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you for joining in with Billy and myself for this roller coaster of a conversation. That's fucking always, right? Yeah. Jesus. I, Jesus, what? pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> we went from point A to 
pie tomorrow yeah that part or edge of tomorrow whichever that part whichever floats your boat or noah's ark (laughs) but we will catch you guys on our next episode thank you for tuning in to the unsettled podcast (sighs) 